YNI, a brand new podcast by Enza Recruitment, showcasing the best of the NI tech sector. We'll hear from industry leaders about their businesses, challenges, products and achievements as we set out to uncover what really makes the NI tech sector tick. Hi everyone and welcome to the sixth episode of the YNI Industry Leaders podcast series. I'm delighted to welcome Gareth Burns on today's episode. Gareth is the co-founder and CTO of Salazar in Belfast. He teams his love and experience in technology with honest, collaborative and transparent approach to business strategy, managing technical departments, as well as working directly with high value clients and partners. Stack agnostic, Gareth has built and delivered platforms using .NET, Java, AWS, Azure, and many more, and was also the founder of the Belfast.NET Development Guild, Belfast-only.NET Meetup Group. So Gareth, welcome to YNI. It's great to have you on the show. I am more than confident I haven't covered half of the brilliant things that you've done with your career and your journey into IT. So I'm going to let you take over and give us a brief introduction to, to you, your role and your career journey within IT. Well, firstly, Becca, thanks for having me along. It's an absolute pleasure and it's great to be talking to you. Um, been following the, the blog for a while. But, um, so it, it's great to be on. Um, but yeah, no, that, was a, that was a great introduction. Thank you. I don't know if I up to that. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, um, you've covered a lot there. I am the, the CTO and co-founder of Salazar in Belfast and obviously you can probably tell from my accent that I'm not a local. I am a blow-in unfortunately. <laughs> but I have been here nearly 10 years now so I think I've, I've, been a, I've got a good handle on how, how things are in Belfast and I, I love Belfast. It's a fantastic place and Northern Ireland as a whole um, is such an exciting tech place to be but my background really is in, I'm a developer um, by, by trade, that's my background, a software developer, web developer, um, and really started from before university, really um, you know, building some web technologies in the late 90s, um, some web kind of applications and stuff like that, and then went to university and you know, kind of formalized my education a little bit, and then really got into like digital agencies and you know, things like that, and building large um, applications, web applications for e-commerce and various other things, ticketing platforms and stuff like that. Um, but then moved into uh, basically consultancy before becoming a CTO, and really my CTO stuff has been in the startup space. So I've been CTO for a couple of companies now, um, and Salazar I've been with for um, still like five years, actually, it's four and a half, maybe five years. So it's been a good good run um, and things are going from strength to strength and it's fantastic and it's all been built here in Belfast. So it's been great. Nice. Well, thanks for giving us uh, that intro. That's been brilliant. Um, so let's focus on Salazar then. I'm going a little bit off track with my questions, but I'd love to know a bit more about what it is exactly that you guys do as a company. So Salazar is a tech-first um, fulfillment company um, for e-commerce. So essentially what we do is there's, there's a lot of companies out there that will fulfill um, online stores orders um, and what that means is basically that they will hold the stock, they will manage the stock, they will process orders, they'll ship them out and all of that kind of stuff. Now they're all very kind of traditionally very warehouse based, very manual process based. 
And Salazar is different because we are tech first. So what that means to us is that we are intelligent, automated, and efficient when it comes to processing online orders. So if you were to set up um, an online store, what would you what would you set up as an online store if you were going to sell something? What would you sell online? Oh man, you put me on the spot now. Uh, movie posters, one hundred percent. Movie posters. <laughs> well, that's good thing to sell online. So movie posters are perfect, right? Because they typically come in like kind of pre-sale pre-sale tubes ready for shipping, right? So if you wanted to sell movie posters, I guess the fun in that would be picking the posters that you want to sell online, um, making sure that your kind of website's really good and exciting, and then basically selling them, right? What you wouldn't probably be that interested in is the storage of them. You know, procurement of the stock, making sure that the orders are getting processed and they're getting delivered, you know, especially if you're doing hundreds and hundreds of orders. Um, so what we do is we basically do all that. We manage the stock for customers. We bring it in, we do our inbound stock process. We store it efficiently for them. So they're never paying over the odds for storage. And essentially we have a process that is, as I say, really intelligent, really automated, really efficient, that can basically take an order from an online store process it, pack it, ship it in five minutes, and basically send all the tracking information back up to the, the retailer store. So, you know, I'm sure buying stuff online, you've bought stuff before where you've kind of bought something that says, they will email you when your shipping notification comes out and you wait 24 hours and then somebody sends you a tracking number and then you go onto the, the kind of courier website and it says, we haven't received your parcel yet. And you go through this whole rigmarole. Our customers basically get that information straight away. And we, we process stuff the same day. So it is really fast and efficient. And from a tech point of view, what that means is that we not only build the digitized warehouse systems, the large data systems, we have intelligent pick and pack ordering flows, we have um, intelligent courier operations, we have box packing algorithms, we do everything. So if you're an online retailer and you want to sell online, you basically just set up with us, send us your stock, and we'll make sure you're getting not only the best um, prices for couriers, but we'll make sure it's all picked and packed and sent on its way um, securely. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Nice. You've made something that's very complex sound very simple. So well done. <laughs> also, nice on becoming uh, the interviewer there. Nice flip around. <laughs> Not sure I liked it so much. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I mean, given the last year, I'm sure you guys have hit some challenges and some hurdles. So talk us through those. I mean, what were they? What did the team face? And then how did you guys overcome them? So you're, yeah, you're totally right. Like, you know, what, we, what we have and what we built um, is very complex, not by, you know, not being properly, but just by its very function of what it does. I mean, our teams look after not only you know, um, web systems, but mobile apps for warehouse pickers and packers. You know, they, they handle loads of different things. And not only, COVID um, being challenging, but we also had the kind of restrictions around shipping with Brexit and everything. I'm not about to go off on a, a Brexit chat, but um, you know, it obviously creates opportunities and challenges for us as well at the same time. So it's been an interesting year. I think for us, technically, we were always set up to work remotely, although we don't, we, we really value um, collaboration because we're building something fast and we're building something kind of really kind of um, collaborative in, in regards to how we, we build something. But 
you know, we were always set up to work remotely anyway because we were in warehouses in GB, do you know what I mean? Working with the team back in Belfast. We were um, doing various different things with couriers and stuff like that. So we always had to have that kind of flexibility. So when COVID hit, you know, it was really more a question of the unknowns rather than, you know, kind of having to change what we did. It was more around, are we going to see a massive surge in e-commerce orders, which we did? Um, are we going to see um, new complexities? Are we going to see you know, new challenges with Brexit in regards to shipping information um, overseas and all that kind of stuff? And really, we just kind of got a handle on that as soon as we could. And some of that was more challenging than others. But you know, our volume went up. Um, our customers went up. Um, a lot of things just increased. And we were in a good place to kind of manage that. Um, the real challenges really come around making sure that staff are happy, healthy, um, you know, and, and basically still engaged with the business as much as possible. So we did lots of things like we would have listening parties, um, like online quizzes. We would do various things like that every month to make sure that people were still having fun um, and still kind of having a bit of a laugh and kind of enjoying working at Salazar whilst also feeling part of the team and not feeling adrift. Because it's very difficult, and I'm sure a lot of companies have felt it, you know, especially in the tech sector, where, you know, if, if staff are working from home, they, they miss out on the, the kind of the detox of maybe the, the, um, the commute at the end of the day. And I, I know myself, you know, after a, after a busy day, there was, the commute was quite nice that you could stick on your headphones and just kick back on the train or whatever. Um, so people were going from their office to their living room and not really kind of detaching from, from work. And we really pride our kind of work-life balance. We, we don't have like long hours. We don't expect people to be working weekends or anything like that. So it was really important for us to try and help manage that going forward. And I think we, we, we've done that. You know, we, we've, we still have, you know, we started with three developers um, about three, three years ago um, in Belfast. We still have those three developers. Um, so we're obviously doing something right, thankfully. Um, but, uh, you know, it's good. And, you know, just the challenges have more been around, you know, making sure staff are happy, healthy and looked after. I mean, I think the fact that you still have those three guys with you is testament to the fact that it's a great place to work. So that in itself is a success. But I really want to home in on the team successes for a little minute. Um, you know, what would you say, not even in the last year, but just in general, what would you say have been the team's biggest successes so far? Our biggest successes, you know, really the successes and the challenges kind of go hand in hand. Because um, you, you tend to find that your biggest successes come from sometimes your biggest challenges. Um, and for us, there's been quite a few. The first version of the platform we built in six months. Um, that's you know, that was with a small team in Belfast, just really driven, really passionate, not working excessive hours, just really organised. And that includes, as I said before, you know, mobile apps, warehouse digitisation, loads of things we were doing for the first time. And you know, a lot of the developers had been in for about I think about three or four months before I came back full time um, in January 2019. We had that window of January 2019 to July 2019 of really getting a product built out, tested, and usable. Um, and for us, that was a massive challenge. And it was a massive success as well, um, because it not only scaled really well, it was we got assessed and you know, various other things as we do as a startup. And you know, we were found to be really, really strong in what we built and what we were 
and how we were working, not just what we were building, but how we were working, which was a great testament for us. Um, I guess outside of that, um, you know, at the end of last year, at the end of 2020, a, a major high street retailer came to us. Now, we, we were preparing really for our first real kind of Black Friday Christmas. You know, although we'd launched in the summer of 2019, we had a, a reasonable Christmas. You know, we had six months to really kind of drive on the platform with several customers and make sure it was working effectively. So last year was during COVID and everything else was our first real big Black Friday Christmas e-commerce surge. And we were doing thousands of orders a day already um, by that point. Um, and we expected a spike. And then a large high street retailer came to us and said, we want to use you guys. We need some, some kind of online support for Black Friday Christmas. So we onboarded them. We onboarded them successfully in a few weeks, um, which was a massive undertaking for such a large client. And our order numbers for Black Friday and Christmas increased by 400%. Um, and the system, the platform, everything handled it really gracefully. We scaled beautifully. Um, I'm really proud of that. And you know, it's a real testament to, to the team and the great work that they do um, and how talented they are. That you know, we we basically got hit by a tsunami and we we rode the wave and it worked out really well for us. So yeah, that's that's our biggest achievement from our biggest challenge, I think. That's a huge, well, huge challenge, huge success. You're right, they do go hand in hand, but even the the words Black Friday fill me with anxiety as a shopper. So <laughs> fair play to you guys for knuckling down as a team. That's brilliant. Um, okay, so I was having a little look at your LinkedIn bio and my favorite part was the part that said, making the magic happen at Salazar. <laughs> um, and I really want to know what a little bit more about that and what's coming down the pipeline for the team there so um we're really lucky you know we've really done a lot of great work we've been very successful in what we've done and from a tech point of view it's it's a really solid product it's it's light years ahead of our competitors really and in what it does um and i think you know now the the plan is well to be honest global domination you know, it's, it's about spreading out across the world. Um, but, you know, we have, we can scale. Um, the technology scales really well, as I mentioned. The technology performs really well, as I mentioned. And it's a great product. But now we are focusing on scaling the operations globally. So that means, you know, new challenges in regards to worldwide teams, you know, all the, the logistics and the handling of working with couriers all over the world, North America, South America, Europe. You know, you name it, and so we have like currencies and languages and all those different bits and pieces which are new to us, um, and we need to start integrating. So we're in a good place from that point of view that we're we're pretty well set to go because we're starting with a great strong foundation that's been tried and tested. But I guess now it's about taking it global. It's about you know scaling the operations up and having not just a few warehouses in the UK and Ireland, but you know globally having warehouses. And letting customers manage their stock internationally. So if an order comes in, our system will automatically pick and pack orders based on the geographic location, not just warehouse location. So it adds all these layers of complexity on top of what's already there <laughs> from an intelligence point of view. But that's the exciting stuff, you know, it's that it's that scale, it's that sky's the limit, and we're we're looking forward to it. Sounds like an exciting time, time for you guys. And, um, you know, obviously with that comes new roles and when you're scaling, it comes growth as well. So 
huge things coming coming down the pipeline for you guys and you heard it here first folks world domination (laughs) (laughs) um okay so let's move away from from you guys for a little minute and think about the wider tech sector in ni so what do you think the sector needs to do as a whole to ensure that it grows and continues to grow successfully well, I guess you know, the biggest, the, the hottest topic before lockdown hit was really about the skill shortage. Um, I don't think that's changed. And I think, you know, to keep us, keep us competitive and to keep us growing as a tech sector, we have to make sure that we're continuously developing um, the, the, the talent that we have. And that's, you know, that comes from college um, graduates, university graduates, obviously. But it also comes about attracting talent from, um, you know, GB Republic Ireland and overseas as well, and making Belfast a real kind of attractive place to be. Um, and I, you know, as I said, I'm, a, I'm obviously a blowing my my accent's got a, a kind of Northern Irish accent, obviously. Um, but um, you know, I love it here, and I think we've got a great, um, we've got a great kind of setup. You know, we've got a great kind of um, standard of living. In Northern Ireland, I think you know there's a great opportunity for us to to really attract talent from all over the world and be a leader in that sense uh, and be a tech hub that kind of leads rather than follows. So rather than just you know, kind of direct foreign investment and all that kind of stuff and companies coming here, building our own companies and you know really kind of bringing in talent from all over the world to kind of help us grow our natural talent. Okay, and just to touch, you mentioned there the upskilling part, and you're right, it always has been you know, an, an area for improvement for, for Northern Ireland, but what would your recommendations be to, to tackle that issue? Well, I, I think, you know, there's been reasons why, you know, we've, we've had, you know, obviously we're, we're a small country, we're not, we're not massive, you know, I mean, population-wise, and I think, you know, historically there's been a lot of, you know, um, talent drain where, you know, young people would leave university and, and go or college and go, across the GB or go down to Dublin, you know, and kind of move away from Northern Ireland. And I think, you know, we have to, we have to improve everything here to make it a more attractive place to, to stay. So not only, you know, what we offer culturally and, and all those kind of things, which I think, you know, especially in my time in Northern Ireland, it's come on leaps and bounds, but um, also in regards to long-term career options, you know, giving people a, a variety of different companies to work for. So you're not just tied into working for a large corporate, um, which there's nothing wrong with at all, but, you know, giving people kind of variety. And I know from my experience that, you know, I worked in blue chip industrial companies. I worked in digital agencies. I worked for consultancies and I grew my skill set and my career from the opportunities that I had. And I think that's a key part of keeping the talent here and attracting the talent in is that kind of longevity and, you know, you're not just here for a couple of years and then you have to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That means about your career. You can you can basically build a life here and have kind of a career here. Okay, brilliant. Speaking of building careers, <laughs> you've definitely come a long way in years. So for new IT professionals who are just starting out in their careers, you know, what advice would you have for those guys to to um, have a rewarding career in IT in Northern Ireland? I think for me, it's about um, it's about a few things. It's about you know being honest with yourself um, about what you want to do and what you want from your career is hugely important. There's lots of different people that work in tech. It's like an industry, and 
you know, one of the things that I think makes people successful is if they enjoy what they're doing. If they love what they're doing and they're enjoying it, then, you know, that shines through. But it shines through as passion. It, it shines through as engagement. Um, but I think as well, you know, there's no rush for people to to settle on what they want straight away. You know, IT and, and tech is a, it's a vast cornucopia of different roles, different skill sets. Um, and, you know, it's... It's great from that point of view that you know you don't need to be a developer to succeed in tech. You know you can you can be a, a product person, you can be a designer, you know you can be whatever um, a manager. You know you don't have to be a kind of code um, guru to, to succeed. So I think you know for me it's all about you know enjoying your career, um, enjoying what you're doing. It's then about being honest with yourself, and it's about being honest with others as well. I've, I've heard the Make it before you make it several times. It always, it always fills me with fear a little bit, that statement. I understand why people say it, but um, it's to go over that kind of um, imposter syndrome. But there's something really valuable about being honest with yourself and others about where your skill sets are. If you don't know something, you know, it's better to be honest about it and say, I don't know. I don't think I can do this. I need a bit of support. And one of the things that I think we've been successful at uh, sellers are is we always try our best to set people up for success. Um, so if somebody's applying for a job with us and we think they're going to have a really hard time with us, you know, culturally moving to a startup or, you know, just with the level of, you know, um, experience that they need, we're honest with them because we want people to succeed. We want people to come in and join us and, and be successful, you know, and, you know, that honesty really helps if people know where they are and what they're looking for and what, what drives them but also the honesty of saying, I don't know, you know, just as simple as that, saying, I don't know, and can somebody help me? Um, and somebody will help you. Um, so I think that's really important. Yeah, it's so refreshing to hear just that authenticity of of being honest with yourself um, and even having that honesty as someone who is a leader within tech to say, you know, I'm here to support you. Here, here's the things you can do. Here's the things you might not be able to do yet, but you will be able to, you know, eventually and things like that. So, mm. it is really refreshing to have that open and honest view on it. Um, I think as well, you know, one of the things we, we do at Salazar, and I think we do quite well, is we don't assume we're always going to get it right. Um, I don't assume that I know everything. Um, I may be the CTO, but you know, I don't know everything. Um, I don't know everything about everything there's always new tools coming out there's always new technology I, I don't have all the answers all the time um and we don't always get things right first time as well so there is that level of honesty where we turn around and say like nah this isn't working you know why isn't it working let's sort it out let's fix it let's make it better um or you know saying regardless of your level in the business saying i don't know um can somebody help me it's just really you're right it's really it's really strong and powerful now yeah, it's it's almost like that self-awareness is just going to make the team innovate. It's going to breed innovation, isn't it? So definitely a, a really valid point there. I totally agree. And I just want to touch really briefly on it. Um, the .NET Development Guild, it must have been, I mean, I don't know if it was or it wasn't for you, but it, it seems like it would have been a really daunting experience to, to be the first in that field to do it. Um, and I guess for anyone that's having the same kind of feeling, you know, they see a gap in the meetup market and they, they want to start something new. What would your advice be to those guys? How would they even go about it? So I, um, 
the reason why I, I started it, and I, I don't do it anymore because, to be honest, it, it was just something that required a good bit of time and I couldn't commit that time to anymore, sadly, not because I didn't love it, um, just because of the realities of, of timescales. But the reason why I did it was I was working in a consultancy and I was flying all over the world. I was I was helping people with, in California and Belgium and uh, Switzerland, you know, and England and, and Dublin, you know, all over the world. And basically, I'd lived here for a good three years and I didn't know anybody in the tech scene in Northern Ireland. And being a .NET developer, I wanted to kind of find other .NET developers really to understand what it was like, you know, what the markets were like, you know, not for any kind of commercial reasons or any business reasons, really just for my own curiosity. Um, and it was it was more of a kind of reach out for a community, really more than anything else. And I thought there wasn't one. There had been one in the past, um, but I think it was a few years before it had been shut down. Um, so I thought, well, you know, there's an opportunity here to, to start one up and you know to really reach out and why why wouldn't I go in and um, do that? And yeah, I did. I I, I reached out. Um, I contacted a couple of the groups just to get some advice, really. And the the meetup community is in Northern Ireland is fantastic. It really is great. Um, regardless of your your tech stack or disciplines or whatever else, it's really fantastic and it's really opening and really welcome. And well, there's things like the Northern Ireland Developer Conference, which is fantastic as well. You know, these sort of things that go on are are great. You know, they're really a kind of open community space. Um, so I reached out for some advice and somebody kind of suggested, look, start out small, start on, you know, Farset Labs are, are great for um, you know, sharing space. Um, and I did, I just set one up, I put it on Meetup. Um, I got a couple of talkers and yeah, it just kicked off. And it started off with about 10 people in a room. And then I think at one of our biggest one, we were a couple of hundreds, a few hundreds. You know, we did a, a Xamarin day where we had people from Microsoft come in from the States and um, do uh, Xamarin workshops on mobile apps. We did one, you know, we, we basically engaged with a lot of the, the companies um, in Belfast who, for, for whatever reason, um, wanted to be involved and just kind of, you know, be engaged with the community. And everybody was really helpful, and it grew over the space of two and a half years, I think, you know, just into from a few members to you know, a thousand or so members, a couple of thousand members, I can't even remember actually, but it was big. Um, and it just, for me, it just got to the stage where I was so busy doing other things that I just couldn't commit the time to, obviously there's a lot of time to organise space and organise talkers, sponsors, you know, food, beers, all that kind of stuff. And I just couldn't commit to the time anymore to do that. And it's sad because I, I really, really loved it. But um, yeah, it was a it was a great experience, and it really helped me kind of fall in love with the Northern Ireland texting. So yeah, great. No, that's really interesting. So your advice is just do it. You won't regret it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what have you got to lose? I'm a big believer in you know fortune favors the brave. Um, and you know everybody gets nervous, everybody gets anxious, everybody gets um. Um, afraid of kind of putting their head up and, and kind of doing something new but you know unless you try something you're never going to know so give it a shot nice okay okay so our final question um of the podcast is always why and i so what is the one thing that makes northern ireland a great place to establish and grow a prosperous and productive tech business 
Um, the people, it's always the people. The people are fantastic. The people of Northern Ireland across the board are fantastic. It's a really positive place, I think. It's a really, it's a place that's moving in the right direction. It's moving forward. It's got its head up. There's lots of talent. There's lot, and not just talent in regards to people good at their jobs, but there's a real passion and desire to learn and to be better and to be great at something. Which you know, for me as as a, a kind of background developer and a CTO, it's great to see because I'm a firm believer in you know if you give people opportunities, um, they will take them up and they will succeed. Um, and it's great seeing that. So for me, you know, Northern Ireland and the tech sector and where to grow and thrive and why anyone would want to start a business here, it's just, it's the people, it's the talent, it's the attitude, it's the energy. It's fantastic. Brilliant. Um, I did a I did a little fib there. I've got one more question for you. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've heard through the grapevine that you are a big a vinyl collector <laughs> and uh-huh. as a vinyl fan myself I'm dying to know what your first ever record was that you bought I don't think my first record was, was ever, ever yeah I don't think my first record was ever that exciting I think I've been collecting music for a long time I worked in record stores um, in various places over the years when I was a student and stuff like that as well and I've been collecting music for a long long time um <laughs> Most of my life's um, just kind of frustration, I think, just because there's music everywhere in our house. But um, I think my first record would probably be like some kind of, now that's what I call music compilation on vinyl. And I've started actually um, collecting them again secondhand because, you know, picking them up. Some of them were never released on CD or, or anything like that. So I've been trying to buy some old ones on, on vinyl um, secondhand. But yeah, I have put a, put a collection of, of records and CDs. Um, sadly. I feel like I'm going to save your street cred and just edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> well listen Gareth it was absolutely pleasure to, to have you on the podcast um, today. It was really interesting to hear about you, the team at Salazar and then what you guys have got coming up in the future. So from myself and everyone at Enzo Recruitment um, we wish you all the best and thanks again. Thanks again for having me Becky. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Y&I is brought to you by Enzo Recruitment specialists in software and cybersecurity in Northern Ireland. To find out more, go to enzorecruitment.com.